Okay, as you stand, I'm going to read the passage together. Uh, it's going to be a short passage today. Let's read this passage together. Would, would you do that? Let's read it. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. <coughs> in Christ Jesus, you may be seated. Special announcement next week. I, we have a guest speaker who's, gonna, who's, gonna, who's coming from, uh, he's originally from here, but he's now uh, serving in Cambodia. He's a scholar. He, I think he has two doctorate degree, and he's a philosopher. He's teaching at the National University at the college level, and uh, he's an Oden pastor. He's an evangelist. He's a po- you know, poet, and he has so many titles. He's a musician, and he's like David in the Old Testament, uh, but he's going to come. So for next two weeks, I want you to not only come, I mean, bring yourself, but bring friends so we can fill this place, right? Amen? Okay, next week again, following you. So anyway, uh, okay, I, I want to share this passage today. My title was, uh, This is the will, God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How many of you uh, want to know the will of God for your life? You, right? Yeah, I do too. Yeah. What is the will of God? We just read it. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you. This is God's will for you and I in Christ Jesus. But is it even possible? (laughs) I mean, if Paul uh, said, Try to be joyful most of the time. Uh, pray often. Give thanks in time to time. Then, then okay, I think I can obey the command. This is, you know, command, right? I want to fulfill God's will in my life, but this seems impossible. I mean, always? Be joyful always? You mean always, always? Pray Continually pray without stopping, without ceasing? Is that what you mean? I mean, and give thanks in all circumstances? You mean all? all? So I struggle with this passage. God, it seems like this is impossible command that I can obey. So as I was studying, reading the commentary and stuff, I found out, according to John Stock, he's... he's this is a guy who, I mean, I really respect, and he was scholars and, the, and a good teacher and pastor, used to be the pastor. He said this passage was addressed to church setting and church as a community at the worship setting, not as an individual. So I was like, whew, okay, the little, little, But second thought came to me. But if I don't live as a worshiper, if I don't live, to be joyful always, pray without stopping, give thanks in all circumstances. I don't think I can contribute to the body of Christ, to the church. Because church is competition of each individual, right? So it is applicable, not only to the church, but to individual. So I took it as, okay, this is a message for me. And indeed, this is message for all of you. I believe the key phrase here, 
for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. I think that's a key phrase to uh, tackle this passage, to obey this command. Uh, we have to be in Christ. He has to be in us so that we can, through His strength and His power, we can fulfill this God's will in our lives. So, to obey this impossible command, first we must be born again. We have to experience new birth so that we know that we are in Christ and Christ dwells in us. As we learn to abide in Him and trust in Him to work through us, we will progressively become conformed to His image. Jesus was always rejoicing. Jesus was always praying and always thankful. So being in Him and relying on Him are the keys to becoming like Him in these three qualities. So I want, I want to share today. I want, I want us to hear from the Lord as a community and as an, as an individual. Choose to rejoice. Once again, I'll read it, verse 16. Be joyful always. Be joyful always. What does this command mean? Does this mean be joyful always mean that you always go around with a smile on your face and upbeat. Is that what that means? Actually, I, I'm sorry, but I thought about Janet. You know, she's very upbeat, right? Oh, do, I be, do I have to be like Janet? Always smiling? Are we sinning if we ever feel sad, depressed, or upset? If rejoicing always means always being upbeat and never feeling sadness, then we have problems. Because neither Jesus nor Paul were always happy. Do you know what, was the, what is the shortest passage in the Bible? John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. He was sad. That's why he cried. Even Jesus was sad. So be joyful always does not mean deny your feelings. Put on a happy face and never feel sad. There was a survey question. Uh, the question was, what do you really want in your life? Let me ask that question to you, to us. What do you really want? What do you really want in your life? When people ask the question, people, this is the most common answer. People said the highest, the, the most common answer was, I want to be happy. People said, I want to be happy. And the following question was, what would you take to make you happy? Do you know what was the number one answer? I don't know. We want to be happy, but we don't know how to be happy. But what we really need is not being happy, but the joy. Because happiness has to do with happenstance. If something happened in my life, I think I can be happy. But you know what? Sad things happen all the time, right? So you cannot maintain happiness. But joy is different things, right? Joy is, it has to do with inner self. 
regardless of what things happening in our lives, you can still maintain joy. So joy is what we need. Romans, Paul says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and the character hope. Paul said, we also rejoice in our suffering? Yeah. How can we say that? Because it is, it is choice that we make. Joy is a choice we make. You probably heard this expression. In life, suffering is inevitable, but misery is an optional. We can choose to be miserable, or we can choose to be joyful. You don't have to look for suffering because suffering will find you anyway, right? That's part of life. It is inevitable, but choice is ours. It is up to us to stick with joy or to be resentful. You know, some Christians have noticed their definition of holiness is being seriousness. Seriousness is become a very stern person. This is what holiness means. I don't think so. That, that, I think, you know, that's a bad formula. Holiness equals seriousness that equals misery. That's how I, how I come up with it. That, that's not holiness. Holiness is choose to be rejoiced no matter what. John Burnham, uh, who wrote the book uh, Pilgrim's Progress, one of the most influential the Christian literature ever written, you know how he became a Christian? One day he was walking down the street. He saw a group of elderly ladies. They were talking under the sun. They were talking. The issue was they were happy. You know, they, they were sharing their, their kind of testimonies. They were talking about grace of God, love of God, in joyful manner. And John Bernard was like, wow, challenging. And he was saying, what am I missing here? I think I'm missing something in this life. That's how he became Christian. And he wrote one of the most powerful, influential books ever written for Christian community. I think that's very challenging. What kind of spirit, what kind of vibe do you give to others? Where do you find joy? You can find joy in Jesus Christ. That means if we have Jesus in you, you have, Jesus, you have joy in you. If Jesus is in you, heaven is in your heart. Jesus said in John 15, 1, 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He came so that we may enjoy, experience him, experience Jesus, experience joy. And the joy can complete us. So joy is already in us. It is up to us to simply choose cho choice. Choose joy. Simply choose Jesus. When you do that, you can be rejoiced in any circumstances. When I visited Rome, like five, I think four years ago, I visited where Paul was, Apostle Paul was in prison. Nowadays became a, you know, tourist attraction. This area was kind of far from the main, you know, like uh, attraction, tourist attraction. The, the section. So, actually, I was the only one who visited that, you know, that place. I was so touched just by seeing the, this, the dungeon. It's underground prison. I'm sure it was so dark place. 
Nowadays, you know, they have lights and all that, so people can visit there underground. But it used to be, I'm sure, it was dark, horrible place to be. But that, at that site, at that place, Paul, Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians. You know the main theme of Philippians, right? Rejoice. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always. I tell you again, rejoice. That's the passage, key verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Man, how can we write this kind of statement in the dungeon? Because it is choice. It is a choice. He, say, he didn't say rejoice in the, in the jail. He said rejoice in the Lord. He didn't say rejoice in the bank account. He said rejoice in the Lord. It is our, our choice. And that is the will of God for you and I. Second command is pray continually. Pray without ceasing, uh, without stopping. What does this mean? Does this mean that you pray every waking uh, moment? Obviously not. Because neither Paul nor the Lord Jesus did it. It is helpful to know that this word translated pray continually was used for hacking cough. A person with a bad cough does not, does not cough continually, right? But often and repeatedly. Even so, our prayer should be frequent and persistent. Like the friend who came, to, uh, came at midnight to ask for the rope of bread in Luke chapter 11. We keep knocking the door until we get what we are after. Like the widow who kept bothering injustice, unjust judge in Luke chapter 18. We keep coming back until we obtain what we were asked for. How can we develop a habit of praying without stopping? It is a lifelong process. But first, know that you cannot do life on your own. It is very important. You cannot do the life on your own. In other words, recognize your need to depend on Him. Depend on the Lord Jesus Christ in every situation. We have to learn how to de completely depend on God. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will be much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Just like branches are dependent on vine, we have to depend on God every moment. Prayer is a language of trusting in the Lord. Second, send up show prayers whenever you can. I highly recommend you to show prayer. When you think of the loved one or friends or pastor, your pastor, send up show prayer for him or for her. When someone asks you to pray for some need, pray at the, you know, the side. Sometimes, okay, I'll, I'll promise you to pray, but you forget, right? You know, I used to pray a lot driving. When I'm alone, you know, I do all kinds of things. I praise God and I, I you know, it, it preach the message and I spend a lot of time in praying. I offer so many prayers alone. These days, I spend a lot of time with my wife. So we come uh, early morning together with my wife. We leave this place together. With, so, you know, like, I'm kind of miss, missing that, you know, pray alone time. So I suggest to my wife, hey, should we do conversational prayer? Which is, you know, I started, like, you know, offer prayer. 
Then she take over. She prayed and we, you know, she switched back and forth. 30 minutes, hour just go like this. So I recommend couples. We have a lot of couples, right? Single, I'm sorry, but you know, wait, <laughs> wait. Uh, you will love it. You know, sometimes we just driving without even talking, right? Sometimes we drive like, like gossiping. <laughs> but when you offer prayer, you will really enjoy that. But there's one caution because sometimes when we, when we pray, we try to send a message to our spouse. <laughs> like, Father, I pray for my husband's short temper. In the name of Jesus Christ, rebuke that. You know, if you do that, it's going to be I mean, chaotic, right? So don't use that prayer time to try to send a message to your spouse. Anyway, prayer is a privilege that we have. So use that. Last point I want to share is give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God for your kind. This command means that in every situation, we ought to give thanks to our servant and good God and Savior. He's a servant and good God, right? Giving thanks in every situation does not mean that we must be happy with every situation or resign it to accept matters without praying and working for change. That's not what that means. But since we believe that God is sovereign God and good God, since we believe that He is in total control of our lives, we simply recognize God and simply give God all the thanksgiving. Therefore, we have to deepen our understanding of God's sovereignty and goodness. As you get in, getting into the, dive into the Word of God, you, you will realize more and more about God. Wow, He's good God. He's in total control. The story of Joseph in the Old Testament illustrates this truth. Joseph's brother hated Joseph. And they sold him into slavery. Joseph went through a lot, right? You know the stories, right? He went through a lot. But two years later, Joseph became second most powerful person in the land of Egypt. He had a perfect chance to retaliate his brothers, but he didn't, he didn't retaliate his brothers. But, and this is what he said. You intend harm to me, but God intended for good and accomplish what is now being done. Saving of many lives. Joseph saw God both as servant and good. Therefore, he was able to forgive his brothers. Submitting to the servant goodness of God in every situation is the key to a thankful heart. Develop heart of trusting God. Then you will be thankful no matter what. I like this passage. James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above. We have a song, right? Based on this coming down from the Father of the heavenly light, who does not change like shifting shadow. He doesn't even have a shadow, right? That's our heavenly Father. Think about the things that you have received. God has given so much, right? But out of all the gifts that we receive, the most important gift that was ever given to us is Jesus Christ, right? Yes, Jesus Christ. He gave us a life. He gave us everything. So we can say, yeah, Jesus, you are more than enough. You are more than enough. 
That's why we can say that. You are more than enough. Let me conclude the message. Chuck Swindoll said, life is 10% about what happens to you and 90% is about how we respond to it. It is important how we respond to what happened in our lives. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what you went through the last couple of weeks or right now. But I highly recommend you to choose Jesus, to choose to be thankful, to choose to rejoice, choose to pray without stopping because this is God's will for your life. Amen? Let's pray together. We're going to do communion today. So uh, as we preparing our heart to, to the invitation of God's table, I want you to search your heart. And if there's anything, any sin that, that God is revealing to you, I want you to give that to the Lord. So I'm going to spend a few uh, minutes in, in, in silence. And we want to prepare ourselves to enter into this invitation. Lord God, send your Holy Spirit upon us that the bread which we break may be to us the communion of the body of Christ and the cup which we bless the communion of his blood. Grant that being joined together in him, we may attain the unity of faith and grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ our risen Lord. For I receive from the Lord what I also passed it on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death and his, until he comes. Congregations of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord has prepared this table for all who love Him and trust Him alone for their salvation. All who are truly sorry for their sins, who sincerely believe in the Lord Jesus as their Savior, and who desire to live in obedience to Him, are now invited to come with gladness to the table of the Lord.